Alrighty. Hey, welcome to those who are uh, watching online or, or listening on the podcast as well. Uh, if you are joining us on video or audio, um, it's our first celebration back for the year and uh, for first back for the year and our Chinese New Year celebration. And uh, alrighty, if we wrap it up, I would love to spend a few moments today to share with you a few thoughts on what we just talked about with the kids, and that is making decisions, and I'd love you to start by watching the little video clip on the screen. Hi, babe. What's this? It's our new sleeping duck mattress. It came in a box? Yeah, it's the one from Choice. Choice? Yep, Choice awarded sleeping duck, best mattress in their latest test. Oh, true that. That's Choice. That's what I just said, Choice. Wait, do you mean choice as in the adjective choice bro, pertaining to excellent quality, or choice as in the independent consumer group that rigorously tests products such as the sleeping duck mattress to which, as you say, came out on top? Both, babe. Ah, oh, choice! Hey, yo. Oh. <laughs> ah, choice. Get yours at sleepingduck.com. Anyone seen that ad on TV? All right, it's, a, it's, it's on at the moment and a uh, uh, good little introduction to what I want to talk about today and that is choice. Not choice, the um, slang word or choice, the independent consumer group company thing, can't say like he did, uh, but the ability that we have to have a choice, to be able to choose to make decisions um, between one thing or the other. Have you ever had to make... A difficult decision. Put your hand up. Yeah, we all have, right? We all, in fact, on a regular basis, we have decisions that are not just as simple as black and white. Um, I find that if I need to make a decision about something that's, that's quite important, I, I can sometimes be quite indecisive. And my wife, Karen, will probably tell you that uh, when we are going to go out to eat, uh, it can sometimes take me a long time to choose where we're going to go, what restaurant it will be. Because if I'm going to spend 50 or $60 sometimes on uh, food for just for two people, then I want to make sure it's worth it. And I think then it's a, it, it can become a tough choice. And I'm a, I get a bit indecisive. Anyone else like this? Right? And then you get to the restaurant uh, and, and, and the steak looks good, but it's like $85.00. And, and you think, oh, maybe I'll just go for the cheeseburger, but then you think, oh, that's bad for my health, maybe I need to get a... It, it can be tough sometimes. If you're uh, fortunate enough to be able to eat out, it can, be, it can be a difficult decision. But not all decisions are made equal, right? Some decisions are easy. Some are the choice between ice cream or broccoli for dessert. Some are not so insignificant and not so easy. They're important. The choice between different career paths, the choice whether to pursue marriage with a particular person because they affect us long into the future. But as we get older, even the decision between ice cream and broccoli isn't quite as simple as it used to be because there's other things to consider, isn't there? Like our waistline and blood, uh, uh, cholesterol and uh, blood pressure and all that kind of thing. And as we get older, we learn that wise decisions are not always made on the spot. They're not always the decisions that are just, okay, something's in front of me, should I choose this or that? But decisions that will affect us, not just then and there, but for days, for months, even for years, or possibly decades to come. 
decisions that are long, have long-term impact. And that's what I want to talk about just for a few minutes today, is the importance of decisions that can affect us far beyond just today or tomorrow. Um, late last year, Karen uh, and my wife and my youngest boy, Josiah, went for a three-week trip to America just to visit uh, some friends and family. Um, Karen's from the USA originally. And um, I stayed home with, uh, some, with, with Micah. Sometimes he stayed with my parents. And so before Karen left, I was thinking about this three weeks and thinking what would be different while I was home alone some of the time with Micah some of the days. And one major difference would be meals. We wouldn't be cooking for four each night and, and then, you know, washing up after the kids went to bed and all that kind of thing. Hallelujah. Um, it would just be me and then sometimes me and Micah um, when he wasn't staying with my folks. And I realized it would be very tempting during those three weeks to eat a lot of fast food, to, especially for me, eat really good ice cream every night uh, for three weeks. And I've learned enough about myself to know that if I was to make the decision, the choice to eat ice cream or not eat ice cream each night at that moment when before I was to go to bed, then the decision I would make would be ice cream pretty much every night because of my lack of self-control. So I made a choice before Karen left for the States that while she would away, I would just I would eat healthy. I would go, okay, I'm not going to stock the fridge with ice cream. I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to make a decision to go on a bit of a health kick and go to the gym and that kind of thing. And instead of an almost guaranteed bachelor belly, I managed to stay healthy during that time because I made a choice on the front end. Unfortunately, it was then Christmas and holidays. We ate lots of chocolate, so the hard work was all undone, but that's beside the point. My point is we can make decisions about important aspects of our life early. We can make them ahead of time, and it can have a big impact on our, our lives and our health and our relationships in the long term. We actually do it all the time. I mean, nobody's woken up one day and thought, I think I'll be a doctor tomorrow, because it's just not going to work that way. We, we study at school or uni or TAFE or in an apprenticeship uh, in order to go into a certain line of work. We don't, we don't wake up one day and go, you know what, today's the day to plan my trip overseas that's going to happen tomorrow. We, ahead of time, book flights, accommodation or whatever arrangements we need to make because we know that if we leave it too late, it'll cost us more, it'll be way more inconvenient, it probably won't work out very well, so we do that in advance. We make decisions in advance. And I'm so grateful that many months ago, uh, Joanne and Chai and Patricia and a few others chose that we would have a Chinese New Year feast today. They made that decision way back in, I think it was like October, November, because I can tell you, if they'd woken up this morning and gone, I think we'll have a Chinese New Year feast at church this morning. It probably wouldn't have quite turned out the same. Uh, decision in advance makes a big difference. Now, I apologise for all the talk about food today. I'm um, a very food-motivated person, and I just figure heaven's going to be a big feast, so I'm just practising. Um, we all make decisions, right, that, that benefit us uh, in the long run, but I don't think... Uh, we do that quite so naturally with some of the more important aspects of our life. Some of the things that, are, that we would say are the most important relationships uh, that are closest to us, that are most significant in our lives. Um, you know, ones like, the, and especially spouse, child, parent, the more important 
um, it is, the closer we are. But how often do we make definitive decisions like, I will give undivided time and attention to my most important relationships at this time every day this week? How often do we do that? Sometimes, yes, and some, some things are, are set in place for us, but then there's other times we, we just give time to that if it's left over at the end of the week. Uh, it's a little easier to do, um, to do that in some phases of life, to say, okay, I am going to give this time. But then many of us in this room are in a phase of life where time is just chewed up. It's not even just the time poor who, who struggle to give priority to the most important things, though. You can actually have all the time in the world, so to speak, and lack some concrete decisions which means that you miss out on incredible opportunities, no matter how much time you have. Did you know that the average young adult spends, uh, like teenager young adult, spends 10,000 hours of their life playing video games? That's, that's a master's degree. You can get a master's degree in your halo time. And some of you, I mean, that's just the average. For some of you, you could probably get a doctorate in your Smash Brothers time on top of that. It's, it's crazy, the amount of time we spend on things simply because the decision is made then and there. Oh, I think I'll do that. I think I'll do that. When we step back and go, I'm going to make some decisions that are going to have long-term impact, it can make a huge difference. Substantial accomplishments like, like building a, a loving and healthy family and getting an education that will set you up for life and building a business, they start with decisions at the front end, don't they? So decisions that, th- these are decisions that make the smaller ones easier. Now, it's not in any way that the small decisions that we make day to day aren't important. They're absolutely important. Um, choosing to speak life into someone, choosing in the moment to either to read or study instead of just wasting that time, choosing the salad over the burger, uh, choosing to exercise, those are all important decisions. But we can actually make them Basically, we can make them far ahead of time. We can make decisions on the front end that mean when that thing is, is, is staring us in the face, it's so much easier. It's like the decision is already made. And I think that the God that we worship has made us this way, has given us choice out of a deep love for us. This is how God has made us. Out of love, he has given us choice. Choice brute. One of the central messages of the Bible and concepts that has shaped humanity more than anything else is that um, human beings are made in the image of God. Right? Uh, have you heard the term imago Dei? This is the Latin that means we're made in the image of God. Image of God. We are created to be like our creator. He's, he's, it's like uh, the word means that it's, he's put his imprint on us. We have the imprint of God on our lives. Um, we're not robots who are pre-programmed to do whatever he wants. We have the ability to choose. We sometimes call it free will. Um, we're free to make decisions about everything. The, the flip side of this, the, the negative aspect of this, of course, is that we are free to choose to treat others in a way that doesn't uh, respect them as beloved of God, as precious people who are made in his image. So, you know, if we don't treat others because of the way we choose to live our lives, when we treat others not as precious, valuable, beloved of God, the world becomes a mess, right? The very thing, 
Have you thought about this? The very thing that is the likeness of God in us, choice, is used to degrade the God imprint on others. We choose life or death, love or harm, and so often we choose harm and it degrades people's worth and value, not in God's eyes but in ours. But when we choose to treat others um, as people who bear the image and bear the imprint of God, the world becomes a better place. Jesus spoke of heaven coming to earth literally all through choice, decisions to live in a God-honoring way. And so God um, was was the first to make a choice, though. God was the first to make a choice that would have an impact, not just then and there, going, oh, I think I'll I'll make a few human beings today and then I'll make a a few more the next day. He didn't do that. He made a choice to create humanity, which would have a long-lasting impact. Imagine if, he, if, if God on the, the, the sixth day went, okay, I think I will make Adam and Eve. And then the next day, depending on how that went, he, he went, oh, no, I don't think I'll make any human beings today. And then the next day he went, oh, yeah, a few more would be good. Imagine if God just made choices all the time like that. Instead, he made one choice, which was to let us uh, be created in his image. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make human beings in our image, to be like us, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. God chose to, to make us in such a way that um, we, could, we would rule over uh, all of these things in order to be clothed and to, to, to w- choose what to eat and what to wear and, and, and how to be sheltered. And he made us so that we could reproduce. And he knew from the beginning that this choice would have a long-term impact, not just I'll make a few humans now and a few later on, but that we would reproduce and go and cover the whole earth. And the Bible teaches that this God knows the beginning from the end. It wasn't as if he didn't know what he was doing then. He knew that this choice was not going to be an easy one. It would not have the easiest and the most wonderful of consequences on the one hand because... He knew that we would bring upon ourselves destruction, that we would hurt one another, that we would become separated from him. And yet, he still, he still chose to make us. He still chose to make us in his image as beings who could choose what we wanted. The reason for this is that there is, and this is sort of the whole point of the sermon, there is no love without choice. Have you ever thought about that? There is no love. You can't. You can't love if you can't make the decision to love. Let me illustrate this um, one way. My, my youngest boy, Josiah, uh, he got a birthday present recently, and it's a teddy that says all these, these different things. Um, and, but rather than just being like, hi, do you want to play a game with me? And hi, you know, you actually can program it so that it knows the child's name. So hopefully this, this will work. Um, Oh, you can't really hear it. But basically he goes, hi, Josiah. Um, and then let's play a game, Josiah, because it's been programmed to know that the owner of this teddy is Josiah. Um, let me ask you a question. Does this teddy love Josiah? Like if it could say, I love... It's barking at me. Um, if it could say, I love you, Josiah, 
would it love Josiah? No, it's just been programmed to say, I love you, and then, small gap, uh, Josiah, because that's the word that Karen wrote on the iPhone connected by Bluetooth to the mechanism that's in, you know, what I'm talking about. Um, that's, that's just the way it works. And so it, it's not, it doesn't really love Josiah or, or anybody, any name that you would program it to. Um, love is actually a choice. It needs to be a choice. And to give us choice, the ability to make decisions, was a decision that God made out of love. Because now we can experience it too. We have the choice to love and to experience that love. Now we can also experience pain because with that same ability to choose that we have comes the ability to choose things that hurt us. That's why the other gift God gave us as human beings If the first gift is choice, the second is boundaries. So he said to Adam and Eve this a little bit later in Genesis 2, the first man and woman, he said, you can eat from the fruit of any tree. Uh, uh, You may eat freely freely from the fruit of every tree in the garden. There's the choice, any tree, all of these, except, boundary, the tree of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And so this gift of boundaries along with this gift of choice means that God's helping us not to use choice in a way that goes away from love and life, which is what he intended, but towards hurt and pain. The ability to choose hadn't been removed, but he knew that they could be harmed by choosing something that they weren't fit for, that they weren't cut out for. And sometimes people, including Christians, get the impression that Christianity is just this this big bunch of of, of rules that God is saying up in there, up in heaven saying, don't do this, don't do this, this is wrong, you shouldn't do this, this is another thing that you shouldn't do. And we forget that the very first chapters of the Bible, the very opening of the whole story of humanity, is that God made each and every person out of a place of love and that he wants them to experience love and has given them the ability to choose love. He's also shown them what will steal that love from their lives and has urged them not to choose these things. Isn't that loving as well? It's not a a harsh kind of divine fun sucker up in the air going, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. He's saying, I've given you choice because it's a loving thing to do and it's going to enable you to experience love and I don't want you, because I love you, I don't want you ruining that, experiencing hurt and pain by the choices you make. This requires us then to make wise decisions in our life, to go about the choices that we have with wisdom because they shape our lives. Even the decisions we make now can affect us many years into the future. So I wonder as we kick off this year as a church family, uh, and even if you're visiting the, here today, I wonder what decisions, what choices you could make today that will give you joy and peace and fulfillment and purpose in 2020. What will shape the course of your year if you make a choice today? Maybe it's, as I mentioned before, it's the decision to spend quality time with family and friends. Maybe it's making that choice now before all of the time pressures hit making sure it's actually booked in, it's in the calendar, it's a priority. 
to schedule in what's important to you rather than kind of getting to it if it's lucky, whether that be time with, with people you love, whether that be things to improve your health, whatever it is. Uh, maybe it's what I shared with the kids earlier, to, to choose now that in moments where happiness is attacked from all different angles, you choose joy. Because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not produced by external factors. If, if we have the Spirit of God, if we have God, God's Spirit inside of us, and that what is inside of us produces the fruit of our lives, we have the ability to choose that and let that produce fruit in our lives rather than everything that goes around us, making us happy or unhappy, uh, angry or otherwise. Choose joy. Choose the fruit of the Spirit. Choose to let what's inside bear fruit on the outside. Um, One choice that I made a long time ago that has really helped me in my relationship with God, and maybe this isn't for everyone, I'm, I'm sharing what for me has been really transformative, is that, my, my choice and our choice as a family is that every Sunday we would choose to worship together with a family of believers. Um, it's not because I believe that going to church makes you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. It's just not the case. But because I believe that being with others who are following Jesus week to week uh, and allowing a time of worship to reset my heart and allowing God to, to reveal his truths to me through his word, all of that contributes positively to my relationship with God, to my family's relationship with God. Now you might think, oh, that's easy, Luke, you're a pastor, you're paid to be here, basically. Um, but I'm telling you, when it's holidays, and we go, sometimes we go away during time off, then that's when we have to make a decision. And uh, we were recently um, um, up, up north for a couple of weeks, and, uh, it, you know, it's, it's very tempting to experience this, this thing that's, I, I, I hear about it, I, th- I don't know if it's a rumour or a real thing called Sunday brunch. Um, apparently, it's, it's a thing I don't know, I've never experienced it. Maybe some of you have, I'm not sure. But, you know, we went to this church one Sunday morning, um, and uh, we were up there for a couple of weeks, we went Sunday morning, and it's a great church, great people. Um, to be honest, it wasn't that great. Uh, we not not because of anything they did. You know, it was just kind of hot, and they didn't have air conditioning, and the kids were a bit ratty that morning, and a few, few of their people were away. Kind of went a little bit long, and so the second week we're there, and we're going. Oh, I, I woke up in the morning honestly, and I thought, mate, maybe you know, I, we've been 50, 51 of the last fifty-two weeks to church. Maybe we could skip this week. And at that moment, the decision many years ago kicks in. He goes, no, no, no. We made a choice as a family that we would worship together with God's people on Sundays, full stop. And so, okay, well, we've made that choice. Let's go. And I'm telling you, that particular Sunday um, was a real blessing. Same church. We didn't go to a different place that we thought would be better. Went to the same place, and it was a real blessing to us and our family. Um, we, you know, didn't go, oh, let's, let's try this thing, this rumour, this... Uh, thing called Sunday brunch. As we drove back to Perth a few days later, I was reminded on a podcast of why we made this. I made this decision. Our decisions aren't always just to benefit us. Uh, that decision, I, I was reminded in this this podcast that it's actually about um, how we're able to and have the opportunity to bless others as well. And I don't know if we were a blessing to others um, in that in that particular Sunday that we were there or not. But when we when we make choices. Um, that 
actually, and not just about what's going to be best for me, but also for those I care about, those we love. Um, it makes a huge difference, not just in our lives, but the lives of others. This person I was listening to said, if we really believe that the Spirit of God lives inside of us, that when we gather together with others, when we make that choice, we are allowing the presence of God in us to bless others. We're not robbing others of the presence of God. What decision might you need to make today that will affect and shape your 2020? Uh, that if you look forward to some later point in this year, you look back at the 2nd of February 2020 and go, a choice I made then has shaped my life for the better, has shaped others' lives around me for the better um, right now. It's crazy to think that a choice uh, you make today could substantially impact your life in 20 years or 40 years or even 50 years or more, um, but it's true. Jesus, who walked the earth for 33 years, he knew before his death that he would suffer greatly, that he would have to go through intense trial and pain and that his obedience to God will involve, would involve dying on a Roman execution stake across. And as one who had all of the power of heaven, who could call on legions of angels and, 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 and do away with it all, he reached the point where he could have just said, you know what, this is really intense now, I'm out of here. But he had made a choice clearly many years before that by, by uh, attracting the, the opposition and, and criticism of the religious leaders and by saying all the things he said, he knew where it was going to end up. He knew what his calling was, and he had already made a choice. So then when he gets to the point, even where he cries out in anguish to his father, Father, is there any other way? He had already made a decision, so he's still able to pray, yet not my will, but yours be done. He'd already chosen to go the full distance. Three years before that, he could have just avoided it, even as a child. He could have said, you know what, I'm going to play normal games with the normal kid. I'm going to hang around like a normal little boy. Instead, he was found in the temple, preparing himself, listening, learning from the Jewish leaders. I think this raises the question, how far into the future can a decision that I make today have an impact? For how long can a decision, a choice, impact my life? What do you think? Is there a limit on it? Can a decision we make today impact us still in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 100 years? The decision that Jesus, that the decision that meant Jesus would have to die, it didn't actually happen when Jesus went, I'm going to be baptized, I'm going to go into the wilderness, all the stuff that happened at the beginning of his ministry. It actually happened thousands and thousands of years ago when God said, let us make human beings in our image. The reason I say that is because at that moment, we human beings were given the ability to choose. And that meant we would choose sometimes to cross over the boundaries that God would put in place for us. And those boundaries were meant that we wouldn't hurt ourselves, but we would. And part of that uh, impact would mean that we would become separated from him because of our choices. This is called sin, and it just means missing the mark. That's all. Choosing things other than God's gift of life for us, missing it. And God knew that disconnected from him, we would have no life. 
I know we're alive, we're breathing here, but eventually we would continue on in this spiritual death we start with and, and not have life everlasting. So he would need to do something that would close the gap between us and him created by our sin. And God knew from that very first moment that the only way to bridge this gap would be to come to earth himself as a human being, die in our place for the, as the payment for the sins we've committed. And, and one of the followers of Jesus, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the Bible, said it this way, speaking of Jesus, though he was not God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up, that's a choice, his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being by choice. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross by choice. This was the decision that Jesus made for you. He made it for me. He made it for all of us. So how far into the future can a decision that we make today actually have an effect? I want to suggest to you that the answer is not 10 or 20 or 50 or even 100 years, but eternity, forever. And that same writer, Paul, also wrote this. This, friends, is the good news, the gospel. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins, spiritually dead. You used to live in sin, as they're just missing the mark, turning away from God, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. There's no one who's, who's out of it. Everybody used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. We all have made this choice. But he goes on to say that God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And Paul here is talking to those who, who have already made a decision, already made a choice to say, Jesus, I need you to bridge the gap between me and God. I need you to be the leader of my life. And so he's saying that God loved us so much that even though you were dead, you now have life. He said, it's only by God's grace you have been saved. It's not a choice to please God by being good. It's not a choice to, to get to heaven by cleaning up our life and doing everything we can right so that God will be pleased enough with us. It's only by God's grace you have been saved. And Paul says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift, a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And so what, what is this choice that we're talking about that has an eternal impact? It's actually a really straightforward one. It's a choice to receive a gift. That's it, to receive a gift. Now, I know most of us in this room as Christian believers Know this, we've heard this, but we slip so often into a, a kind of life that wants to please God by what we do. And yet life and death in the truest sense are found simply in a choice 
in a decision to trust in Jesus as your saviour, your, your rescuer, the one who brings you back to God, the one who created you in love. That's one choice. The other is to go on living your way and be separated from that God who loves you. It's, it's one decision that will have a greater impact than any other decision will ever make. It won't just impact the rest of your life on earth. It won't just impact others around you. It will impact us for eternity, for all of eternity. And so if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, but you've gotten stuck in that life, that you're just you're trying to be good enough for God because this has slipped your mind. I just want to encourage you and give you an opportunity today to let all that go as we sing this next song, to let all that go and accept his grace. On the other hand, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you have a choice today. You can make a choice to go on living as you are or you can choose Jesus as the leader of your life um, and, and as your salvation the one who will lead you into eternity with a loving God. Bridge that gap between you and the God who made you. Maybe you're not ready for that yet. Maybe you're asking questions. If that's the case, I really hope that you'll join us uh, from two weeks' time for a series where we're going to talk through uh, what, um, what it means uh, that Jesus died, what it means to live a life um, led by Jesus. And it would really be our privilege to get to know you during that time, to listen to you, to help you talk through the questions you have. That's from two weeks from today and through the rest of term one. But if you know in your heart that today you need to make this choice, that the Holy Spirit, uh, God's Spirit present with us is going, uh, I'm drawing you closer to the Father heart of God. If you know that you need to make this choice, what I just ask you to do is to sing this next song with us if, as I get the music team to come up. To sing this song with us, which is about uh, who Jesus is as our Lord and Saviour. And then we're just going to close the service. And if you'd like to pray with someone, if you'd like to talk with someone, um, this space at the, the front here is available for you to just have a chat um, for us to pray with you and introduce you to Jesus if you're ready to do that. So um, let me pray, and then the music team's going to lead us in song. Father, thank you so much that you love us as a father who uh, has created us as you, to be your children. You've created us for relationship with you. You've created us to have a choice between uh, a life which will lead to destruction, a life lived on our own terms, or a life lived on your terms which will bring love, joy, peace, fulfillment, and purpose. And so, Father, I pray that as we sing this song today, you would remind us, whether we're followers of Jesus yet or not, that you, Jesus, have made the way. You have bridged the gap between us and God that we might find life eternal in you. As we believe in you, as we accept you as our Lord and Saviour. We do that today as we sing these words, as we declare you to be the cornerstone, the one who is, um, our, our lives are built on. And Lord, we ask that you would fill us once again with your spirit to empower us to live the way you'd want us to live. In Jesus' name, amen.